0: Life doesn't always turn out the way you thought it would, and we know that firsthand.
1: We were both homeschooled in a band together called Emma Whedon, grew up in the Bible Belt of Texas, and raised with fundamentalist Christian values.
0: We both went to Texas A&M University. Whoop! We were both married with children, later divorced, and we've been navigating relationships post-divorce for better or worse, probably worse. I'm crying. As we all know, there is a lot of power in having someone to talk with about what's going on in your life. And that's how this podcast started.
1: Just two friends hashing things out. We don't have the answers, but we are pretty close. Just kidding. We hope these conversations resonate with you as we reflect on the irony, tragedy, comedy, oh-so-tangled webs we weave.
0: I'm Cecilia Rhodes.
1: And I'm Joe Hammeter. Welcome to Tricky Situations.
0: Hey guys, we're back for Season 2 of Tricky Situations. Welcome to 2021.
1: Yeah, we're excited to get this show on the road. Full bore ahead. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this episode, we talk about the three most impactful um moments of our lives
0: and how it has affected us thus far or how it's changed our life um these are positive impacts on our life
1: yeah yeah we're make, we're doing our best to focus on the accentuate the positives eliminate the negatives as that old song goes.
0: <laughs> or at least keep them to a minimum. We have shared a lot of dark parts of our life in season one. And so we're ready to kind of, um, not that we're completely eliminating negative things that have happened in our life, but we're moving towards um, the more positive and what we're hoping for our future, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So seemed like a good opportunity to just kind of reflect on things and look at, look at the positives look at what shaped us mm-hmm. all of the above so i hope you enjoy this episode um it's uh, it's a good one it is becoming a trend where we mention uh people that we want to have on the podcast that have yet to be on the podcast
0: <laughs> so we won't and they're keep not even like them. famous
1: people they're just like normal people
0: <laughs> but they're badass <laughs> yeah
1: not accepted the invitation or
0: yet. we think they are anyhow so it's going to be a great episode
1: yeah thanks guys hope you enjoy All right, guys, we're here for Season 2 of Tricky Situations Podcast, Episode 1 of Season 2.
0: Look at us go. We are uh, just trudging ahead, one foot in front of the other.
1: One foot at a time every other month.
0: (laughs) But you know we will not stop here.
1: Yeah, um, (laughs) we are going to launch... Into consistency. That'll be our New Year's resolution I like for it. this podcast. But we're getting started early. So that's right. Good for us.
0: Consistency and truth telling. <coughs> so,
1: um, how were the holidays, Thanksgiving specifically,
0: well, for yourself? I had many things to be thankful about this Thanksgiving season. Much gratitude was shared in my home. <laughs> okay I'm done (laughs) Um. I am a robot (laughs) I like turkey well you know no, I'm not going to go there I almost (laughs) made a political comment I'm not look at me I'm proud of myself okay Um, no they were great Um, very uh, disappointed though had so many things to be thankful for but uh, you missed out on our little shindig the day after with um, Jacob and know my sister was in town and
1: <coughs> post medical so. johnson
0: man it was so good we, we literally sat around the dining room table drinking coffee talking for like four hours four or five it was a long yeah. time we, we started with brunch and i think everybody left around five o'clock for five o'clock nice yeah so it was good and like by the end of course we're all like why didn't we record this? This should have been a podcast. So, <coughs> um, but it was fantastic. Had the kids. Jake, um,
1: Jake can't talk and he does have thoughts. Some pretty many a thought,
0: many thoughts in very, I think what I like about the way that he speaks is that he, um, he doesn't want to speak without purpose behind it. And he doesn't dismiss other people's thoughts or opinions. Um, and he's willing to like kind of question that and say, OK, well, why do you think this or that? And yep. lo- look at every aspect from it. So that's what I appreciate appreciate about it.
1: This is a mutual friend, Jacob, yes. that we grew up with.
0: Yes, one of the best. And uh, Joseph was supposed to be there with us, but uh,
1: got the COVID.
0: Daddy got that COVID. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, before
1: we get out of that, we have talked about wanting to bring Jacob on.
0: Yes, we have. But and it will um, have to be on his,
1: on his time,
0: his time frame, and on desert time. That's right. He um is letting the land lead him right now. One of my favorite places in the the country. So, um, but yeah, yeah. it is beautiful.
1: Home, uh, Arizona, Sedona.
0: If you ever get to go out to Arizona, you. Yeah, just let the land speak to you because it it, lit- it it literally will. It's uh, the feeling and the energy and just the life. It's like so life-giving. It is one of my favorite places. So yeah. I've been there a few I, different times.
1: I've been recently kind of fascinated with the uh, desert. I don't know why or, or where it really came from. I think I've kind of enjoyed the, the that like dry landscape for uh, a while, but it, it feels, I don't know. I think it's because it's like a Wild West vibe. Mm-hmm.
0: I like oh, I that. love it. You know, and and the more you, my favorite is road tripping out there, right? And, you know, there's like little cities all throughout, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, all that. And like Silver Dollar and, you know, just it, it, it does have that vibe. And you, yeah. where is the place? There's a movie and there's actually a city. Gosh, darn it. It's like these <coughs> three wild bill I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So, there's a bunch of really cool places out there. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Always, I would, well, I was going to say I can always have a good hair day out there, but when the wind's blowing. But the desert is fascinating, right? Because it's like, like boiling hot during the summer, during the day, but then it'll drop down. And uh, even when I lived out in West Texas, that was something that always got me, you know. It gets
1: pretty cold at night.
0: Oh, my God. It, It is so cold. Yeah. Even when I was in West Texas, we got snow. It, we always got ice, but then it would warm up and it, it would be really hot during the day and then it would just drop. So
1: Yeah, it just snowed up there in the Alpine, Marfa area. That was, I love it. That's kind of weird. One day. So we're going to try and get Jake. Uh, we were just talking about. Yes. We want to do, we're going to just go ahead and um, uh, put put it out there and, and put see. Put it out
0: into the universe.
1: See if the fishy bites. We want to <laughs> do a uh, a segment called Ask a Shaman. And we want Jacob, Jacob, we want you to come on and do a segment called Ask a Shaman. And it's not making fun of no, you. No, not at all. It's not making no, fun not of No, not
0: him or shaman. I think his biggest thing is...
1: I mean, he's not actually he's a, not shaman, a shaman. But he, I mean...
0: I think that... Maybe
1: he is and we don't know.
0: Right. Or I think very well one day, <coughs> you know, he could be, you know, in as he grows in wisdom and, you know, um, knowledge. I think he could be. But to us, he... You know, of course, again, this is not us, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, dismissing the, the, uh, the knowledge and wisdom of a shaman. We're just saying, like, to, to us, he's got that kind of wisdom. <laughs> Or, or thoughts, you us. know. We got so like politically correct. <laughs> so <laughs> too many lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, you know, we want to we want to keep. It We're broke.
1: like not that there's anything wrong with shamans. <laughs> for those who might be
0: <laughs> on a different thinking spectrum, that we
1: might think that. <laughs>
0: yeah, <coughs> we want to be very careful with that. But we we do we love Jacob, and um he always has a good you know word just encouragement. He's full of that, so. Good thoughts. So one yeah. day, y'all, you know, put the energy out there. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah. So the thoughts and, um, yeah, we've got some good stuff planned. But my holidays were good. Your holidays were uh, lonely, or?
1: Yep, um, got got COVID. Um, was quarantined over Thanksgiving, so basically at home alone by myself for Thanksgiving. Oh,
0: poor baby yeah <laughs> but uh, you wrote a song you know so we should um throw that in the link <laughs> in
1: the yeah we can do that link in the bio Daddy here is a COVID. clip of a song I wrote called Daddy Got That COVID oh yeah What You think about it,
0: the song? Yeah, well, I loved it. Of course, Andrew's like, Look, look, he sent it, he sent it. Can we, can we listen to it? I think he likes you more than like he likes me sometimes, but maybe he's just, you're just his new friend, so he thinks you're really cool. So, it's no, it's
1: just a new friend thing, I got yeah. it,
0: but um, no, I, I loved it, and <coughs> definitely had that like, is bluesy the right word? Um, I don't know, it had this like kind of it's a
1: little bit like not disco but it's like uh yeah kind of uh it's a vibe it had a vibe i was like i loved it yeah
0: it was fun it's definitely a jam i was like man we we could be you know sitting in the club listening to this right now like with our martinis and like
1: yeah (laughs) at least one person told me it was uh disturbing which Mm -hmm. i was i i took it as a compliment
0: okay i was gonna say is that good or bad
1: i think it was because i did the deep voice thing that part on it it was kind of like a barry white mm. kind of sexy voice deep anyways I, liked it. I got bored and you know if you're at home by yourself for like two weeks in a row you kind of
0: while your entire family's together yeah <laughs> from out of town
1: <laughs> that was at the front end of COVID. i was out of work for two weeks and, um, honestly, um, was not great. Like yeah. I was, my energy was really terrible. Didn't I, I had like brought stuff home for, um, work cause mm-hmm. I was going to work from home and I didn't really get anything done. I was pretty much out for the count. So
0: you felt like it more than anything just kind of took all your energy or that was the main thing. What were your s- symptoms?
1: I mean, I had, um, a cough all the way through. Um, I did get a little bit of headache at some point. Um, one, I mean, I did kind of lose, um, start losing my taste too. Mm-hmm. Um, one weird thing was, and I don't know if this was cause I was just so exhausted that I was sleeping all the time and mm-hmm. just laying around. But like the few times that I left the house, Um, just to go on a walk or whatever. And I don't care if anyone knows that, like who cares? I was just literally walking outside. Yeah. Um, couple blocks. Like I felt like I could barely feel my legs. Oh my God. (laughs) It felt like, um, yeah, it felt like my legs were like a little bit numb. So that was something. It felt like, like when I walked to my, I mean, I had to go pick up a a prescription at one Uh point. So I went to my car and like the walk from my front door down the stairs to my car. I felt like I was floating on some uh, (laughs) creepy, some numbed out a little scary meat sticks,
0: (laughs) which were my legs. I like that. That's well, we're (coughs) glad you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad because I got to go go with you to your um, work party. So that was fun.
1: Yeah. 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 It was a good time.
0: Yeah. I was wondering when you were going to kind of get through it. Did they tell you like you couldn't come back until your symptoms were gone or was it like a certain amount of days or how did they judge all that?
1: Well, um, I talked to the doctor and they basically um, said, you know, if you still have symptoms, then you shouldn't go back to work. So it's like kind of a mandatory like I would ten day from from when you get it. But, you know. I, it it wasn't, like, the worst thing ever, for sure, but, um, you know, it wasn't, like, obviously an enjoyable right. thing, so.
0: Well, I'm glad you're better. <coughs> yeah. You, you live to Me tell too. the tale, so.
1: All right, so, um, getting into it, we, um, as we've said before, we want to... Kind of try and shift the tone in a more positive direction on this yes. podcast. And uh, something that I was, um and we're going to get more guests coming on. We're going to, ch- you know, start lining up people. Um, and, you know, we want to continue to get to know people and hear other people's stories. That's kind of been one of the most fun, you know, one of the more fun things uh, for me on this is mm. just getting to know People, even if it's my family members mm-hmm. and
0: <laughs> Season friends. two, baby. Huh? Is that season two? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited.
1: Um, but this episode we were thinking about, um, which is kind of a kind of a nice thing to get into as we're uh, coming into a new year. Um, that uh, we we just want to get into, or we want to talk about the three most impactful experiences of our life top three
0: boom boom boom
1: so we're gonna go positive yeah <laughs> and um, it's additional information on us and yeah. kind of a yeah just additional get to know you kind of stuff
0: <coughs> you want to so go you want to go first
1: yeah I'll start okay. The first one for me, and this is not in any necessarily order of importance or um chronology, chronological order, would be um my son Liam's birth.
0: Aww. Yeah. Liam.
1: It was um it's it's in a it's definitely a very intense experience. Um
0: was he summer baby, winter baby, spring?
1: Or he was fall? March.
0: Okay, spring. Spring,
1: yeah. March 29th. Aww. Um. So basically, and and the, the the funny thing is, like, I have you know been around babies being born like often because <laughs> I've whole got life. yeah <laughs> nine brothers and sisters. So you know it's not. I don't know. I'm just grew up used to it and you know growing up in texas and all the family friends that we have it feels like having 10 kids is kind of like par for the course kind of normal in general
0: everyone's got a football team or a basketball team
1: yeah so um basically um i had been building a tiny house in hawaii and coley and i and liam were going to move into this um tiny house Um, hundred and like less than (laughs) 120 square foot structure, eight feet by 16 feet. And then we had a lofted queen bed. So I had been, um, building this thing for like three or four months and Liam's going to be born, you know, um, around I, he, he was within like a day or two, I think of his like of her due date.
0: So wait, she's pregnant while you're building this thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, you know, the context is like I'm working a full time job and building a tiny house. So I'm like getting it. I mean, 40, 40 hours a week at my job, um, an additional 30 or 40 on the tiny house, like morning and evening all weekend, like for like four months straight. Wow. So finish the tiny house the night before he was born. (laughs)
0: i didn't realize it was that close yeah
1: so literally like put in the flooring and like swept it out and everything
0: oh my god
1: that day um that that next day i think it was the day that he was um due like um had moved in our furniture and like got like a bed in there and everything Wow and uh, <clears throat> and then that night like we we literally I'm I'm so gassed because I' <laughs> just like came off of the, the most epic like I mean I went to the ER like once or twice throughout the course of building this tiny house because it was so intense
0: good grief
1: yeah. And that one was because I had gotten like sawdust in my eye, in my contact, and I got a corneal ulceration. Cut. It was like a cut on my eyeball, and uh, I had to heal from that for like a year. Couldn't wear contacts for a year because of that. Oh. <clears throat> so, that's the that's the context of it, right? So, basically, we, we go to bed, um, I think like one or two in the morning or something, like we are like literally just had either fallen asleep for like an hour or like maybe we were just dozing off or something i don't even really remember sleeping more than like an hour or something
2: Mm.
1: her water
0: breaks
1: (laughs) so we didn't i didn't even think we got to spend a whole night in the tiny house before we went to the hospital
0: i really don't know that i've heard all the details to this yeah i didn't realize her water broke okay this is exciting
1: you didn't realize her water broke
0: yeah like i a lot of so many women are induced these days i just guess oh. we never crossed that or if we did it was so long ago i don't know oh, i'm learning so much so yeah keep going <laughs> <laughs> are you making fun of me
1: no i'm not you're, i'm i'm okay. legitimately like <laughs> okay <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like I'm i'm thinking you're going i didn't know her water broke and i'm like
0: doesn't yeah, everyone's he,
1: yeah like liam was born <laughs> Vis-a-vis her water broke.
0: Okay, both of my <coughs> babies, when they came, my water broke too. But like like I said, a lot of women go in and they're induced and either the water breaks there or a lot of times the doctor, you know, takes his little crochet hook and breaks it himself, you know?
1: A crochet hook.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's similar. <coughs> God. <laughs> I guess that was the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> she was not crochet hooked. Okay, <laughs> Oh,
0: God. All right. All right, going on. <laughs> so, what happened when it broke? Did she like? Was she like Joe, or like what happened?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I think she was just like I think my water broke, and we were just kind of like, Ugh! and then yeah, we yeah, go time. To <laughs> <it> just took <laughs> off. So, um, fast forward to the next day, or, or you know, later that afternoon, like the following day, she she was you know in um, labor this whole time, obviously. Um, not really trying to get into the details right. of all that, but the this is kind of the main point. Was, um, <clears throat> it was, it was weird because I mean, she, for one, she was trying to do natural birth, which is okay. apparently what everyone wants to do these days.
0: For the record, <laughs> why?
1: I don't. Yeah, why? <laughs> I I don't know.
0: Thank you. I didn't. I get mean, it. I did too, but you know, I've thought about that.
1: I to me, it feels like. If you had to like get your leg amputated or something and you're like, you know what? I don't want anesthesia. I just want to go all natural. Just get your hacksaw out and just go straight into my femur and just (laughs) just burn it off with a hot iron after because, you know, that's the natural way. Like we God didn't make our bodies for anesthesia. So just hack it off with no anesthesia. I don't know. I just can't imagine not going into that and just being like, <laughs> I want all of the drugs in my body when this happens. I want to be numb from my neck down. <clears throat>
0: you know, this I is have, just a man's perspective. Listen, I have never thought about it that way. But you're right. Like, what makes us think, like, "Yeah, I want to feel like my lady parts are ripping in half and I want to be proud that I did it. I mean, it does give you something to brag about, but... When I think about it logically like that.
1: That's the to me, that's the only that's the only reason. <laughs> Where are reason. the drugs?
0: How much do I get? How many can I have?
1: To me, that's the only reason why someone would do it naturally was so that when they're having a mingle session <laughs> with their girls, <laughs> they just go, Oh, um, how did your pregnancy go? Did you did you do unnatural? Oh, you didn't? Yeah, that's fine. I mean
0: Everybody has to do it the every,
1: way you know, we all have our path. We all have our path. <clears throat> I did natural. <laughs> but you know what? I just bit onto a broomstick and made it <laughs> made it happen. Anyways, uh she did. She did. Started off natural and did not
0: natural. Okay.
1: She took she took the old uh spike. And
0: you said, "Baby, get it because I can't handle any more screaming." <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Not honestly, like there wasn't a lot of screaming. Uh it was pretty early on. So like we we were like you know, because we didn't even really sleep, we were going on You're probably I,
0: exhausted.
1: Yeah, we like by the time she got the epidural, she had we had both been basically going on maybe like thirty hours or something like Good that. Good lord. Not not labor, but the day before right, plus right, that right. whole night. And um so she got the epidural. We both pass out hard. Awesome. <clears throat> so they, the room was nice. There was, like, a couch. Um, we had our own space. We weren't in, like, a weird, like, n- you know, with the curtains or whatever. Yeah. So Spousal couch. Yeah, yeah. So we both, like, knocked out so hard. And, you know, the, of course they're monitoring her and checking her centimeters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so they come in, like, maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes or 15 minutes or something before, like, she's it's time. So if you've ever been awake for 30 hours and then took a nap and you wake up, you feel like you're in another dimension. (laughs) You feel like you got hit by a train and you also feel like, um, especially if it's your first child, you're like tripping (laughs) balls, you know, that's kind of basically how I felt. So I, I like tell the, uh, tell the nurse, I'm like coffee, coffee, now
0: like <laughs> ASAP.
1: <coughs> yeah. Cause I, so we had a midwife and I was, I was going to, um, pull, wait, wait, pull wait, the wait. Abundance Child out myself.
0: They let you have a midwife at the hospital in Hawaii. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you could. That's great.
1: I'm just going to say, I don't know the difference between a doctor and a midwife because we were in a hospital and they were performing a birth. So I mm. don't know. I think but it's
0: just the education length. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the hundreds of thousands of dollars that a doctor spends. Versus Fair enough. The
1: but optically, we were in a hospital. So, you know, same, same.
0: Yeah. In my mind. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm just that's awesome.
1: So um, but, that you know, I was going to um, at least when the, he got to the certain point, I would like grab him and do the deal. <laughs> and uh, so that was the um, <coughs> that was the the biggest trip, right, is, um, you know, vaginal birth for, I guess, good. I, I don't know, like, C-sections aren't great, right? Yeah. So well, they, I mean, so it's they just...
0: Well, the thing about a C-section, they say it, well, not it's it's fact, but it's it's a I mean it's a very invasive surgery. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of potential of infection and stuff. So you have to be careful even though it's one of the biggest or most performed surgeries. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, good for the spouse. Right. Maybe put a couple stitches in, I don't know. I had S- mine at home. I didn't have that option.
1: Yeah. So I have described this as if you've seen saving private Ryan, the first, the first like 15 minutes of that movie. (laughs) I think everyone knows.
2: I think everyone knows that movie. The
1: first 15, 10, 15 minutes of that movie is gruesome, (laughs) brutal. That's to me what it felt like to look at that view. I was like, Oh, boy, this is (laughs) nuts. Wow. Yeah.
0: You're like, I've been around a lot of babies coming into the world, but I ain't ever seen it from this way.
1: In fact, I had not. It was a (laughs) firstie for me. Uh, So it was um, like, this is the thing. It's, It's more gory than I ever would have imagined. But at the same time, you're like witnessing this and you're like, this is, it was like, I, f- I had felt like I had this feeling, like I discovered something that no one else had ever mm. discovered. It was like, this is like a miracle.
0: It's beautiful. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: So I, I was definitely, I mean, I didn't like, I wasn't like crying or anything, which, um, is surprising cause I'm, you know, I'm definitely a crier. But I was just, you know, I think there's just it was like too much mm-hmm. kind of going on at that point. Um, I will say you were in shock. Yeah, he was um, he was a long kid. Mm-hmm. So he was he was around like 21 inches or something like that.
0: That kid's going to be a giant. I mean, between you and Coley, I mean, you all are both <coughs> very tall people.
1: Yeah. Let's yeah. hope
0: he goes, you know, NBA or something.
1: Yeah, maybe not, but I'm just. He's saying. He's gonna be big for sure. I mean, he's he was 99th percentile of God, like dang. height on Hawaii, and that's going against like the Samoans and the Tongan people. You know, are, there's some big people out there. I will say, mm-hmm. Liam was so massive that I had to do a double tap, uh, meaning I grabbed him with one hand and then I thought he was out, and then I had to reach around with my other hand and pull the rest of his. Batty out,
0: massive length, just kind of
1: slithered out of
0: the old, the old
2: (laughs) miracle shoot.
0: (laughs) We're trying to keep this BG, but I don't know if we are. Man, yeah, I like that miracle shoot. It is a miracle shoot, man. I think about it so often.
1: So uh, basically, the miracle of childbirth, childbirth in general, is um, it is pretty nuts if you think about it. It and I, I I wouldn't have I never really thought about it before having that experience basically. So it's kinda wild just realizing that having sex creates a soul, hmm. a person that thinks and has consciousness and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild.
0: That's yeah, it's I, I do think about it quite often and it is very um, there's something to it. It feels a little bit alien. I think I've said that before, but um, I mean, yeah, because you're like, damn, like because of an action we took, this thing is coming out of the body and there's no stopping it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's pretty amazing.
1: All right. You're up. (laughs) We're going to go back and forth, three apiece.
0: Okay. And we're trying to keep this on the positive. So I'm going to be really work hard on that (laughs) one.
1: Cecilia insisted that we say the worst three days of our (laughs) life, but we're going to do, no, I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) No, but I was like, well, most impactful (laughs) are not always positive, but that's okay. Um, we're going to try to keep it positive. Um, obviously having my children, that was, um, you know, what's interesting. And I, if my children hear this one day, I, I don't know what it was, you know, having jewel was a miracle. It was overwhelming. I was a child. I was 19. Um, But when I had Jude, it was very impactful. It was very interesting. I don't know. It was very strange. Um, It could have been because it was so fast. I don't know. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, How does
1: it feel to have a baby growing inside of you, by the way?
0: Well, first off, I'm very different than a lot of women. I love being pregnant. I say I love being pregnant. Okay, within reason. I don't love that I can't drink wine. I don't love that, you know there are aches and pains, but being bright, pr- I felt, I, you know, they talk about having to glow and all that. Like I, for me, first off, I'm like a raging, like ball of want to have sex hormones, which is very odd because mm-hmm. a lot of women don't. Correct. But it's also amazing. And I think that's why, like even in my own, if you've, if you've gone back and listened to episode four, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, very famous episode four. uh, that I think that's why that was so affected me because when you grow a person inside of you, like you know, you like feel like you know that person before anybody else, and they they yeah. know you too, right? Because they hear your voice. Of course, they hear other voices. You fall in love with this thing, and it's moving. And then, like certain, sometimes like the baby will move depending on like things you say or if you sing things like that. So, I don't yeah. know. Uh, it's amazing. And then when like you. <laughs> I did not have any help, like no C section or anything, right? So I had natural childbirth. And so then when you deliver it and you're like, No,
1: epidural, nothing.
0: Vaginal, natural. (laughs) Yep, at my house. (laughs) Both (laughs) both my kids were um, at uh, my house and uh, it was quite the um, experience. But then I think that's why um, when you have that experience and then like they hand (coughs) it, they, you know, they hand it to you and you're like, oh damn like now i gotta take this home and like this thing home i mean it's you know it's yeah. <laughs> human but you, know, you gotta take it home and make sure it lives you right know? so i think that's why i was so affected um like i said with the with the stuff that i talk about in episode four because when you have that connection because th- even different than a father it grows inside of you for nine months so there's like a connection from like the yeah. moment you find out you're pregnant right. or that you think you could be so yeah it's about the <clears throat> it might be, like, one of my most impactful, I don't know, moments of life. Maybe that's not... It is definitely one of the most defining moments of, I would say, most people, most women that choose to have a child, life, but for me, for sure, you know, so.
1: The uh, responsibility aspect of it is, to me, kind of crazy because you go from, like, um, the delivery process, right. which in my mind, I, <laughs> I just think, like... this baby's gonna die if it's under my watch if (laughs) I have to get this baby out of this body like it's probably not gonna make it you know it's gonna be like medieval survival rates medieval (laughs) times and then you immediately go from that to like oh it's you you are responsible for this life (laughs) I remember the first night we slept in the hospital and you know Liam is in his little uh crib or whatever yeah and I'm just like tense I'm like I'm I can't I can't go to sleep like something's gonna happen
0: because you <laughs> you're like, is this thing gonna live? Like yeah, <laughs> what if it cries? Like yeah. does it need something? <laughs>
1: and then the next day you're like just throw this fragile piece of tissue <laughs> in a car seat and just zip down the highway. They
0: literally hand it to you or like put your wife in a wheelchair, put that baby in her arm <laughs> take yeah. you to the car and say, good luck. <laughs> it is quite, uh, when you think about the human race yeah. and the the uh, extent between some of them, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is, um, but uh, the difference in how certain humans live their lives, it yeah. is a miracle that uh, so many children survive, but we are survivors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the funny thing, though, and that's why I think I people that do helicopter parenting like get on my nerves so bad, <laughs> because I'm like... I've always had the theory that you could, I mean, not push a child down a flight of stairs, <laughs> but if a child went Pretty head funny. over heels over <laughs> down a flight of stairs, they would be fine. They'll
0: be fine. <laughs> Get up. I mean, time would tell,
1: you know, <laughs> if there was real, uh, trauma, lasting damage to mm-hmm. their brain. But from what I've seen, I <laughs> mean, we, we've all seen a kid <laughs> dive headfirst into a coffee table <laughs> Literally. or like a brick fireplace ledge or whatever. Every and time. They're, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, Peter got hit by a car when he was like, oh like God. six years old.
0: I, I don't know if I knew that.
1: Got hit just straight up T-boned in the middle of a road. <laughs> I remember I saw it. He got launched. Oh my it was God. like an Oldsmobile. It wasn't, oh. it wasn't, uh, you know, it, they, uh, yeah. they don't make the cars like they used to and they used to make them really hard and sturdy. <laughs> yeah, they did. Anyways.
0: So we know they can survive even that. Yep. Children are resilient, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, emo- they're probably more physically resilient than emotionally, but, you know, that's <laughs> why we have therapists. <laughs> so yeah. You
1: just push that down
0: the road. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would say, um, off the top of my head, most impactful moment, um, number three, I guess, for me, or whatever, one, three, whatever we're doing, um, besides the fact, that, I mean, having children, that's given, carrying a child, but, uh, graduating from A&M uh, first off because number one I was homeschooled <laughs> that is no disrespect to my parents for choosing homeschooling I had a weird I think it was a personal issue uh, thinking that I wasn't going to be smart enough to <sighs> get into college let alone Texas A&M and and as a young child, the first thing I ever wanted to be was a cop, and I've said that on here before. Uh, secondly, the, um, the second thing I wanted to be was a vet, and I was just like, that kind of math and science, never, yeah. never gonna, never gonna fly <laughs> Definitely not at A and M. So um, I kind of just had that. Um, that was in the back of my mind, but then with the way we we're raised, you know, it's more. <laughs> Focused on the mom caring for the home and the children, which I'm very much an advocate of. I I think a mom is a really important part um, of a child's life. So even if I were to have another child, um, which I am not planning on (laughs) currently, but if it happened, I would still want to... Does
1: anyone plan on having a kid?
0: (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Um, Of course they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, both of mine were planned, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's good. Can work. But uh, anyway, so I think that I felt like, it would be pretty difficult, Um, and then, also, just, you know, I was intimidated, even though, like, I'm, I kind of pretend like I'm okay with everything, (laughs) you know, that's kind of just a, I guess, coping mechanism for myself, but I felt like um, I just wasn't smart enough, and then I went to, um, you know, got married and all that really young, and And I think it was always in the back of my mind. And then I had people in my life that would be like, you're smart enough, you should go. Like, even if I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, like, kind of just to prove it to myself. And, well, after the divorce, I was like, if there's one thing I'm going to do for myself, it's weird. After, like, big breakups, I always do something for myself. So (laughs) after my divorce, it was, well, I'm going to go to college. So I did, and I was very glad that I did. And I started a good old Midland College. (laughs) But Isn't I don't w- know what every,
1: every woman does is like some liberating, uh, it's very thing. strange, yeah. And I, don't I feel like it's either like cut your hair <laughs> or be like, I've just been doing a ton of yoga and I feel great. I
0: feel so much better about life.
1: I actually started juice cleanse recently and it's been fantastic.
0: <laughs> I feel so less bloated <laughs> Um, yes, but I will say this, and I'm not gonna get the quote right, but um, it was very impactful. First, I went and applied in uh, the Woodlands because I was living out there for a little while and uh, working out there right after the, the good old separation. And I applied at Lone Star College. I t- went and took, I guess, like the test they make you take, like a placement, whatever it is, you know. And so I was like flying colors on everything but the math. Like way above where I, you know, average person going, in, freshman going to college. So that was a positive one because I was an adult. Two, because... Um, I was like, I know there's one, if there's anything my mother did very well. That was grammar, English, literature, all of that. So, yeah, I passed all that, flying colors. History, um, and anyhow, so I called them up, my parents up, and it was cool because it was one of those things I was so intimidated for the over the years, right? To even just go take that, and it was simply like, hey, your math score isn't quite where it needs to be, so take these remedial classes. That like a ton of people have to do like, you know, but for some reason that small thing held me back. And so that's why I would just take a moment here to say anybody that feels like something there's something that you're not doing because you're afraid of the outcome or the result or whatever it is might not be, quote, up to par. Just go do it and figure out what up to par is and then get there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I went through the same stuff when I was getting into... I mean, I started at Blend, so mm-hmm. community college. Little Blender Garden. And, yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely um, scared to death when I started. Um, even getting in felt like it was kind of a miracle, which is <laughs> crazy, because Blend will basically accept anyone that can breathe. The, the fear thing is, is a big one, because um, I, I was... I, the first class I had at Blend was a chemistry class, And, um, I was, um, I don't know. I just, I remember like having nightmares and, uh, just think like, you know, those, um, it, it's like something you have in like high school almost Mm -hmm. like you imagine like coming into a test late or you show up to class naked or something. It's just (laughs) like this intense insecurity kind of manifesting itself in your subconscious or whatever. And I had that kind of in spades when I first started, but yeah. I think the big um, life lesson with that dealing with fear thing is that as I found in my life, it's still it's still difficult to be uncertain of something and push through that and just do it anyways. But like I'm just realizing, if I wouldn't have pushed through that fear, like my yeah. life would be completely different now. And there's been a, a number of things where I just had to. Um, just to gather up whatever courage you have to just force yourself to do it. And I've always found that it was like, it, it was basically nothing by the time you got into it. I mean, granted college was still difficult, but of course. that initial shock, like once you get past that, you know, um, it's, it's a lot more manageable. It's, it's just, a like a mind game, you know, getting there. That's so. exactly
0: what it is, yeah. which is most of anything that we fear. Don't you think?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. It's just like unknown stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, for some reason, a lot of a lot of people like I would say most people, if you haven't been intentionally like working yourself up with affirmations and if if you don't have a ton of wins under your belt, Mm. um, it's going to be hard to kind of believe in yourself. But, you know, yeah, usually you can do it.
0: Well, exactly. And I think kind of following that up. So, so I, I remember calling my parents and saying, Hey, you know, I, I'm fine. Like <laughs> I'm going to be able to go to college. But, um, when I end, I didn't end up taking classes there. Um, a lot of things happened, you know, whatever. So I ended up in Midland and good old Midland, Texas. And, uh, I, th- I remember the first day and, and I, so I took my remedial math classes there. I remember the first day I walked in, I always wondered what it would be like, you know, to go to college. And so here I am at 28 <coughs> years old or 29, you know, going in for my first class. And, and it was quite an experience, as you know, because when you don't do that even in high school or, you know, elementary, whatever.
1: You're just not in the rhythm <coughs> of like it's showing different. up on a schedule, right? having a test, being around other people that are learning.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like the testing just like. I know people make fun of it. It freaked me out. Like it was just, you know, it's different when you're sitting in your house taking a test, you know, and then like your mother's like, oh yeah, you screwed that completely up. We're going to reteach all this and then you're going to take it again, (laughs) which they do that in school too. But like, it's just different, you know, when it's you versus like 30 other people or if you're in college, 500 other people or whatever. Anyway, so, but I walk in and like I said, I'm going to mess the quote up, but up on the wall. Um, there was a quote by Aristotle, I believe it was Aristotle, but basically it's the one where he talks about like...
1: He says, you can do math good too?
0: Yes, it was that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was the math building. No, Atri-
1: Achieve your dreams, <laughs> D-R-E-E-M-S. All right, sorry, go ahead.
0: Wow, Joe, wow, <laughs> taking it all the way there. Okay, that's Midland,
1: good. Mid, was it Pretty MCC, good. Midland Community College?
0: Yes, it was MCC and our... Nailed it. And our um, our mascot was the chaparral or whatever they're called, which is technically a roadrunner. Mm. So my ex-boyfriend used to always um, make fun of me, and he said, you're going to be a, like a full a r- a dropout or whatever. So mm. I always had this little side note. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it's pretty funny.
1: Very encouraging. Yeah. All right, what was the quote?
0: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so it's basically where he says that um, anything that we do Um, when like, like perfecting it, I, and like I said, I'm going to F the quote up. So go, just go look it up. It'll, it's like one of the quotes that'll pop right up. Um, but it's a habit. And so basically if you will do this over and (laughs) over, then it becomes perfected, you know? And so I was just like, I'm never going to like, I never want to forget this day. And whenever there's a day like that, I kind of like lock in and like, yeah. I'm like okay, I don't want to forget this. So that was pretty cool. Um, nice. And then when I finished, like a bunch of stuff went down with my custody case <laughs> with my kids. So I had to move back to college station. And of course I was driving back and forth to college station every week or every two weeks, you know? Um, and so then when I moved back, um, I also attended Blender garden. Um, I think I went, took two classes there, had a, fantastic jewish history professor best ever like literally made history come alive loved it had a terrible french teacher but met one of my best college friends there shout out eli um and uh, he and i ended up you know uh, studying french at a and together as well and uh but when i applied to get into a and m so this is kind of actually what i'm getting at a <laughs> <laughs> part of which I might have said this before. I can't remember. I'm not sorry if I did, but um, so I was talking about graduating from a because I never thought, kind of thought that I would ever be in that place to do that. But when I applied, like it just felt like it was taking forever, right? To get the um, letter back or the call yeah. or whatever to let you know. And um, I was just like, I have no idea because my grades weren't great. I think I might have had like, Right at like a 3.1 or something like that, so mm-hmm. just kind of okay for trying to get into somewhere like A and M. Um, but I, this was during the time I didn't have my kids, and I think, or I had just seen them like one time uh, since they had kind of been taken away. And I had put in a request. This is the day, the day before. Well, I had been really depressed a couple days before Thanksgiving. I guess it had been technically weeks, and then I found out the day before Thanksgiving that the judge denied my request to see my kids for the holidays.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was just, like, you know, heart-wrenching, right? But it was like, man, God's timing's perfect. So <laughs> for summary, re- and, like, I I don't know if it's just how the email, like, the response, like, whatever, but, like, I, I don't remember why I had been driving, but I was driving somewhere. It was on Thanksgiving Day, and I, like, pull back up to my parents' house, and I'm, like, sitting in front of there their you know house in my car and i'm just like i need to go in and i don't need to be depressed and all this and for some reason i thought i'm gonna open up my howdy you know app and all that and it's like congratulations you've been accepted to texas a and and i was just like thank you god i was like i needed this today lord and so i was able to go in and like tell them so i get accepted and then um i graduated in 19 so that was like yeah I started, I think, in January of 16, so three years later. Um, but I had already had, you know, quite a few classes behind me in, in the community college. But, um, And then even the day that I graduated, you know, you're like, wait, I don't know. I just always, like, I didn't get my ring because, again... Just go out and do it and do it until you make it because God knows how many classes I failed at a and I mean, I, and I don't even know if I've said this to people. I, bef- <clears throat> I think I said it to you. Well, a lot of people will be finding this out. I, <laughs> I, I was a dropout, A <laughs> not a dropout. I got kicked out of a and because my grades were so bad and I got the letter Though, like a few weeks before I was supposed to leave for France, I'd already been approved for my scholarships, all that kind of stuff, right? And I get a letter from AM. I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell anybody. I think I told my sister. She's the only person. And they were like, I called my, my, um, who is it, your counselor, whatever you go see? And she's like, Look, just you have to get all these hours. <laughs> we're going to start writing letters and doing what you have the, to. The
1: school counselor. Yeah. Like academic counselor. Yes, my academic yeah,
0: yeah. counselor. And she said, we understand your situation's been bad. And, you know, I've been in and out and all this money and having to work three jobs while I'm trying to pay for my kids yeah. and all that. So, anyhow, way too long of a story. But getting to the point of, yeah, I, I was kicked out. And then when I, like, while I'm in France for three months going, I don't even know if these classes I'm taking are going to count I'm doing all the work, writing letters, all that stuff, and then when I got back, I met with the dean of my school, and she said, "Look, these are all the things you have to do. You're going to be on academic probation. You got to pull all this stuff up." And so then I was able to take that yeah. that next year to do it. So, um, and I still like. Had one class that was super low. My last, was it my last semester? I can't remember. So I didn't get to get my ring the semester before I graduated, like most people, you know, and or the, you know, to whatever it is, a year, three semesters, four. And so the day that I graduated, I got my ring, which if you're an Aggie, you know, is a huge deal to get your ring. Yeah. I'm like going up there with my family and I'm like, knowing me and knowing my luck. We're going to get there, and this ring's not going to be there. So when I got there, in like, oh, and, of course, I said my name's Cecilia Rhodes, so they thought it was Rose, R-O-S-E. So they, like, are looking for me, and they can't find me, you know, and I'm just sitting there, like, <laughs> so when they found it and saw my name, I was just, like, and, I mean, I just started bawling, you know. And, of course, if you are an Aggie, you know, you always have somebody special put it on. So I had my kids put the ring on my finger, <laughs> and then I went immediately to my graduation, and the final like okay was when I saw my name in the the program for the graduation. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I've made it. And so that was pretty badass day. Nice. So yeah, yeah. there it is. Kind of way too long of a That's story a,
1: that's a heavy day. Got your ring and graduated same time.
0: It was and it was and and I think it was awesome even though, you know, I was, you know, thirty something years old. It was awesome having my kids there. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, it was incredible because I feel like it showed them like I spent six years in school and like working and all this, doing all these things, but I still like put, you know, put my head to it and was like, I'm going to do this. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Perseverance is yeah. a big one. <clears throat> so and do the getting, things you fear. <laughs> yeah. Getting back up after you get knocked down. <laughs> yeah. Or knocked out. Mm-hmm. Of keep, class. keep going or knocked out <laughs> or of class
0: so yeah i failed out of college but got back in and lived to tell the story so
1: nice good job all right my and um, you <laughs> my second um thing most impactful was uh, n- n- this is a um for a lot of people will be a weird one but um prophecies that Ooh. i've gotten over my life and this is, uh, you know, as we know, something that's kind of common in the evangelical mm-hmm. circles of Christianity. <coughs> um, I, I honestly, I go back and forth on this so much because it's some, it's something that I struggle with um, giving, I guess, credit to because I one side of my head is like very skeptical of it <laughs> yeah. and thinks that it's just too woo-woo and, um, you know. But in reality, most people are, um, I don't know, kind of looking for signs and things like that, Mm. even if they don't have any kind of belief that um, God is speaking to them or speaking to them through someone else that's, you know, kind of looking for meaning and cues and all that. So um, I would just say that, and and we talked um about it briefly in the last episode but um i think there's for for me it was basically just something that i feel like kind of came in at points in my life where it was a confusing time a great time kind of a low point um and it was you know just something like okay for example <coughs> for me it meant a lot more if it was something that was like, if you had like two different people say kind of the same thing. Right. Um, so I had, I had one when I was pretty young, um, that, uh, a couple gave me. And then later on, like a year or two later, I got basically exactly the same thing. And it was, I guess I can share. It was pretty simple. Like basically like I was, I had a couple that was praying for me. Um, And they, the wife said, I feel like, um, God's going to give you wings. And I don't know. It was just kind of, I had this picture in my head that it's, it's hard to explain, but it just kind of got me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like it just, um, I think at the time I was interested in being a pilot Mm. because I was considering doing that before I eventually landed in architecture, Mm -hmm. but Basically, it was just kind of a simple thing, and um, it impacted me. It just it felt very hopeful. Um, there wasn't really anything super deep to it. It was just that. Yeah. But then, like two years later, I was at um, at church at Life Church, and um, this kind of guy who um, this guy who had had come through um, and was helping people kind of like practice. Mm-hmm trying to prophesy over people mm-hmm. um so he was kind of coaching people through it like generally like i, I guess how you try it out or like how yeah how it kind of comes to you or whatever and so the they would have like one person kind of get you know a, a group of people kind of around them and everyone would kind of listen to see if god was like trying to say something mm-hmm. to that person and and I got the same thing again. Like um, one of the ladies in the group said, I "Feel like God's gonna give you wings." <laughs> she oh, she was like, "I see like a like that Red Bull can or something, you know." <laughs> and it, that's like the tagline of right, Red it gives Bull gives you wings. Like, yeah. So you know it it's uh when that happens when it's like two completely separate occurrences and the people are not talking to each other and it's like a really specific thing like that. It's it's kind of hard to overlook and see it as uh, just a random coincidence, you know? Yeah. And so that's something i really never forgot. Um, but that's just a, a very simple example of kind of a number of like touch points where for me, I felt like it, it was always been something um, where I feel like if I was going and drifting in a certain direction or, um, it was just, it was something that was really kind of tangible to remind me that, Mm. um, I was seen and like my life mattered and there was kind of a bigger picture to it. Um, so it's been, it's been good having something like that happen every, every year, every couple of years, you know? And, um, I think that's honestly kind of been one of the things that's, helped me kind of stay in the general lane of pursuing God or yeah, pursuing totally. um, spirituality because mm-hmm. it, it can start to feel kind of dry if there's mm-hmm. not like a deeper kind of connection. And that mm-hmm. to me feels very like you're, I don't know. It's just kind of an intimate feeling. It's personal personal. Yeah. yeah. It's very personal and, but also like very encouraging too, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I would rarely get something that was like the prophecy is you're a piece of crap. You know, it's (laughs) it's generally a pretty encouraging vibe. So
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely, it's something that I, I mean, I definitely believe in. I've had people prophesy over me. And, you know, funny, it made me think of you saying that um, this man prophesied over my family, my mom, dad, sister, and I. I must have been around seven at an old church called Hosanna, but I don't even remember who it was. I'd have to go back and li- My parents still have the tape, and I'd actually want to go listen again, but I guess we'd have to look for a tape player, <laughs> as you know. But it was interesting. when I The last time I listened to it as an adult, they were talking about all these things, and I remember being a teenager listening to it, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, that almost sounds more like my sister. Like, one of them had to do with sports, and just some different things anyway and I realized was very interesting to me that a lot of the things that the guy prophesied over me I see in my children so it might not have just been me but it's you know in them and so I see that too you know some you know that whenever people prophesy sometimes it's over the entire you know this like your whole whatever yes yeah. like DNA or yeah. lifeline so that's pretty cool nice yeah. But.
1: So what's your <laughs> number two?
0: Lord, I hate having to think about things like this. I hate decisions like that. No, I guess um, I was thinking um, last, um, earlier, th- probably one of them was being able to live in Nice, France my senior year of high school. Pretty impactful because it changed the way I view the world. And it gives you, like, first off, it gave me a huge appreciation for the United States. Um, I love being an American. I am 100% pro-America, America first, all the way. I love what we have. I've been a lot of places in the world, and there are a lot of beautiful places, and there are a lot of really well-run countries. But I love America, and I love the freedoms that we have here. And uh, literally every time I fly in um, from anywhere, the feeling of landing back on American soil, there's nothing like it, and you. For me, I want—I literally want to kiss the ground. I haven't yet, but that's how I feel. <laughs> um, it's just different, and I don't know if it's because I'm familiar with it or because it really is different in other countries. But it's um, or it could just be Texas too, because <laughs> Texas is very different than, say, being up in New England or something. You know? Yeah. So, um. so if
1: I'm hearing you correctly, the most <laughs> impactful thing about <laughs> Nice, France, was America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes you're hearing me right nice uh no but it made me very thankful to be an american <laughs> though i adore uh the french not everybody does but um no i loved it and it gave me um it was cool so i was helping kind of like you know um kind of be a companion force. uh a mom, the husband was working um, for an oil company, but he was working off the coast of Africa. So um, it wasn't safe to obviously have the family over there. And so his office was in Monaco and um, and then also help her care for the kids if they had to go out or, you know, whatever, you know. Um, and. This I. This is your first time out, <clears throat> out of the U.S. Yes. Yeah. And actually. Oh, no, it wasn't my first time in an airplane. It might have been my second time on a big, you know, commercial flight. But what was amazing about it, and I remember having a conversation, obviously, over the regular house phone (laughs) with my father while I was there. So I had the opportunity. We lived in this, like, three-story mansion, marble floors, like, overlooking the Mediterranean. We had an elevator, like, from the car to the house because it was, like, on the side of a mountain. I've said a little bit about it before in episode four, but anyhow... Having that opportunity, um what was amazing was, I guess, you know, looking at it from a spiritual side of things, and the conversation I had with my father was, that scripture that Paul talks about, I've learned to be content with much, and I've contern- learned to be content with little, and knowing, like, enjoying, like, both as- aspects, I can't speak tonight, um, but also, like, even kind of what I was mentioning earlier, like, or maybe you said it like there is something about contentment and no matter what situation you're in you know and i had this opportunity i'm like literally i remember <laughs> not even being able when i first was living out there like to take in the mm-hmm. view of the city of nice from the side of this mountain because it was so much it was like overwhelming for your brain to literally yeah. like take in and so especially i especially
1: when you grew up on greenleaf
0: <laughs> yes greenleaf lane yep got to love that uh that, that country life. Yep. <laughs> so it was but it was wonderful, right? So like there's that aspect of the contentment of running around, you know, barefooted in like a little ragamuffin, you know, and watching beavers in, at, in the middle of the night or whatever.
1: <laughs> Were you obsessed with France before you went there or did, did that I always kind had kind of kinda like this
0: I think it came from that. That's where the obsession like came from, but I liked the country. And I would, I mean, from what I read in school books and stuff, you know, and I liked little like when people would have French, be French in a movie or something like that. I always thought it was kind of romantic or something. Um, And then, but living there, just, I loved it. And I loved, you know, a lot of people don't like Paris. I love Paris, but it's a big city. And so I think it's about perspective. You gotta, you have to look at it just like New York City versus coming to College Station. Like it's just. Totally different, you know, yeah. but I, but I can appreciate all of it, and I had the opportunity <laughs> to even when I went back for school, you know, go to Normandy, uh, Normandy, and um, all of that, and it was amazing. So, nice. it's, and it's of course like countryside and beaches, so it's so different. Um, but yeah, so I would say, but going at that age, and that's why I was like, I will make sure that my children get out of the country, like even if it's like, you know. B- some cheap hostel or (laughs) hotel because it gives you a different perspective on to me, like again, being thankful for America, but also like that your way is not the only way and it helps you realize like there are other ways. So I I think it gave me a big perspective on life in general.
1: Yeah. It definitely makes a huge difference being able to live somewhere. Like that too, rather than just doing like study abroad or something.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Or or not.
1: (laughs) I would say study abroad kind of counts as living there. I mean, longer than just like a
0: vacation. Oh yeah, it makes a difference when you're going to the market or you're interacting with the locals. Like it's totally a different feel when you're there every day. Yeah. For a long period of time.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, part of my program, A and M, the architecture program, you had to do a semester away, which was either an internship, um you either an internship study at another university for that semester or do study abroad. And, um, I had some people trying to convince me that doing an internship would be the best thing to kind of get a heads up, Mm -hmm. you know, on work and career and all Mm -hmm. that. And I'm so glad that I chose to do (laughs) study abroad. Yeah. Um, cause
0: so much more freeing.
1: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's, It was freaking fun for one, but you also realize that like later in your career, like it's a talking point, you know, like if, if you're networking with people Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, if you've like never traveled anywhere and never really experienced anything, then basically you're just boring and, um, you know, it's, it didn't create a lot of like opportunities for overlap with other people's lives because other people travel and
0: wait. So you were saying like the internship could have been here in America. Could have been... Or was it an internship out of the country? Or?
1: No, like, most people just did an internship in the States. I mean, I think I technically see what you're you probably could have done an internship wherever, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't think most would have figured that out. So, I mean, like, there were some people that just did an internship in Houston. You yeah. Know? Uh, and then when everyone was coming back the next semester... All the study abroad people like had this like great bond with each other because mm-hmm. they had that experience together, and then all the people that did internships were just like so sad. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was only a few of them that did, but uh, they like really missed out. Yeah. So you went. Where did you say you went? Italy, dude.
1: Florence. Uh, not Florence. Um, the town was called Castiglione Fiorentino. It was in Tuscany, Oops. so it was kind of country, but it okay. was in like a. Uh, you know, all of these little towns, even in, like, the country, they mm. have kind of their castle perimeter, Yeah. you know, and then there's the <laughs> main city, it. and then there's, like, the kind of suburban areas around it. But, yeah, it was great. Just being, like, to me, the coolest thing about it, I think, was getting uh, into the rhythm of, like, just using public transportation and Dude. walking everywhere, you know. Yeah. I lost, like, 15 pounds or something while I was oh on yeah. that trip.
0: I should have. It. I said I was in France, but... <laughs>
1: You were boozing it,
0: probably. Uh, The wine and pasta all the way. Yeah. But, dude, I have to say that Italians freaking love it. Now, Italian men are very forward, as are many Europeans. But I love, Italians are, for the most part, happy, like, friendly. Like, they will laugh with you when you mess up trying to speak their language. Like, Mm -hmm. very different than the French. But. The French aren't mean. The French are just private. That's what I've learned. You know, I, I, you know, they just they're private and they're like, just like at New York, you just don't, kind of, you know, yeah. it's just different. But I love, I do love Italians. They're, yeah. or at least the ones I encountered in the country of Italy, like just yeah. always fr- for the most part friendly and just fun loving.
1: You know, Italy works, <laughs> like, the least amount of hours out of, like, any country <laughs> in the world. I
0: totally believe it. I was it.
1: looking at some graph recently, and it was comparing different countries, like, their average daily breakdown, like, how much time you spend working, sleeping, hobbies, whatever. In Italy, it was, like, I don't know, like, five hours of work a day or something <laughs> like that. They chill hard. Dude. I mean, they take, like, a four-hour break in the middle of the day. <laughs> that was a weird thing to get used to. I would, like... I was used to my normal rhythm mm-hmm. of, like, you can go out at any point and get whatever you need. Right. And then when you go to Italy, like, it took me, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a month to realize that everything is closed from, like, 1 p.m. to, like, 4 or 5 p.m. Yeah. It's weird. They're
0: like nap time. Like let's go drink some wine. Like yeah,
1: <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but then they also stay up kind of late too.
0: Super late. That yeah. was I had to get used to eating so late.
1: That was that was weird because you would go out in town and
0: <coughs>
1: there's just like a bunch of old people hanging out <laughs> drinking coffee at like 11 p.m. Yeah. You know, just totally cruising.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it though. There's something to that maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. All
1: right, my third most impactful experience um is um the story of meeting my friend sweet lorraine in hawaii oh yeah so uh, she um she was a she basically managed like this smoothie juice bar thing that was at my gym Mm -hmm. there in hawaii the honolulu club which uh rest in peace honolulu club Got shut down no. from COVID. Yeah, they were closed down for, I don't know, six months or something, Bummer. and then um, couldn't take it. Yeah, they shut the thing down. Things been freaking operating since like '73 or something Good like Lord. that in that space. Oh, so that sucks. And I will say, that was one of the main things that I was like excited to go back and experience when i go back to hawaii because mm-hmm. that place was just so magical to me mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was a total community yeah free coffee uh in the morning free tea they had like just nice lounges and stuff and it was all these old people but there were some like younger working professionals mm-hmm. and they would just hang out in the mornings and like literally spend three or four hours there
0: that's awesome. like before they
1: start their day oh, you that know. sounds amazing working out hanging out talking getting coffee doing the sauna cold plunge all that it was just like so epic and not to mention like the locker rooms and all that were like super luxury you know like had all the towels and the grooming accoutrements and stuff (laughs) so anyways um sweet lorraine worked at this um the snack bar juice thing and she was just this kind of wild irish lady Mm -hmm. like super irish and she was so just fun and like outgoing and was so energetic. Like it was every time you would see her, she was always like putting on some kind of a show or something. You know, she was very much like this kind of showman entertainer. And, uh, and so, but, but she, she always just had like a great attitude, um, always trying to make people laugh. Uh, I remember one of my first memories of her was, um, there was like a, I think it was a Halloween party that they had there. And so there was a bunch of, you know, members there at this Halloween party. And she was kind of working and um, she was cleaning up, like towards the end of the night, she was cleaning up dishes and things like that. Yeah. And there was an ACDC song on. <laughs> and she was, she was literally doing, she had kind of like shorter hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she was, she was probably. I don't know, like 60 or something like that, Mm -hmm. maybe a little older, but she was literally doing like a full on Angus young, like guitar, (laughs) uh, thing where, you know, he kind of like squats down is on like one leg and like kicking his foot and like doing an air guitar thing. She was just having a great time. She's just super like razzed up. Um, so fast forward, you know, my friend, uh, Richard and I, who were we were there together every morning mm. for like, um, you know, better part of two or three years, just like yeah. every morning doing our thing. Um, so we got to be friends with her and um, her, some of her kids worked there, too. She had oh two cool. kids that um, worked, worked there as well and uh, became friends with them later on. Um, but basically, you know, we kind of started to notice she was just really uh, kind of just stressed all the time. Like it, it just seemed like she was working so hard, you know, she was working like doubles every day and had a great attitude. But you kind of it seemed like some things were going on behind the scenes, you know, and she was really stressed out. So Richard uh, decided to put together this scheme to essentially raise um some money for her um just getting some friends and whoever wanted to pitch in like a lot of people didn't even know her who ended up pitching in a lot of it was just like our friends but there was a couple people from the club that did it too dude that's awesome so we um we ended up raising like maybe 1200 dollars or something like that basically for her to have a special day you know um be able to go to a spa, Mm. get a nice dinner, just go to a hotel, Mm -hmm. like do whatever, you know, try and spend like a grand in one day. That's awesome. Kind of a treat yourself day.
2: Uh.
1: And so um, we like all recorded a little video message to her and Richard like patched it together. And then we surprised her and we played it, played this video for her um, on, on his iPad. And we actually have a recording of her watching the video. And like pretty early on, like you can tell it just like breaks her and she just starts like crying, you know, like kind of like not uncontrollably, but it like really impacts her. Yeah. So from then on, we were like super tight, you know, Mm -hmm. like I would go over to her house every once in a while and Mm -hmm. hang out. Um, and we it would just felt like this kind of family thing. She she had such a hard time taking care of herself and like doing something nice for herself. Um even after we gave her that money, um, I mean, she ended up inviting Richard and I to go to dinner with her <laughs> and her kids, and then yeah. like another friend, I think. And we went to this like great uh, herringbone. I don't mm. know if you've ever been there. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we spent like six hundred dollars or something on oh, dinner. That's like, <laughs> so she was like spending the money that we gave her like on us to yeah. be with her, but it was a great time. So this this is kind of the the whole um, what it comes to though is that. Right after that happened, um, within maybe like a month or something or less, she had a stroke for one. So then part of her face was uh, affected by that. And then really shortly after that, she got um, cancer. Hmm. And so we went from her just being like a totally normal um, kind of functioning person to uh, within a couple months she was like heading downhill like really fast so she started chemo um
0: what kind of cancer was it do you know uh,
1: i can't remember it might have been it, must it have might been have been lung cancer though, because she was she was a uh, smoker mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was super super quick so um it yeah it was just so crazy because um she basically would tell, tell me all the time, like, after we did that thing for her. And she, I think she mentioned it to Richard, too, a couple times. But um, she had, you know, some family issues. There was kind of some drama behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But she would, like, basically tell me that, like, her special day, like, that whole kind of thing was, like, basically the last, like, good memories of her life. Because everything after that was just like dealing with the sickness, dealing with family stuff, all of that, and um, so I I ended up getting the opportunity to take her to this um, this symphony, which was paired with a movie. There's a movie, uh, the Beethoven. It's like I think it's called. Oh, it's uh, Amadeus. It's about Mozart.
0: I love that, yeah. And
1: there's there's all of his music that's like kind of woven into right? the the uh, movie, but um, at the symphony in in Honolulu, they played the movie, and then there was a live symphony oh, like playing amazing. the parts. Yeah, so it was that's super so cool. Awesome. So someone had gotten tickets for her, and it was her birthday, mm-hmm. and for some reason, like no one was available to go with her on her birthday. Like she was I don't understand like how that this doesn't happened, make but sense. It kind of speaks to maybe a little bit of the situation with her family, mm-hmm. right? And um and so Yeah, I like she reached out or something. Somebody reached out to me and asked if I would take her, and I was like, obviously. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. So we wow. got we got like all dolled up. She had like mm-hmm. a nice scarf and dress and stuff, and at this point, She was super frail, you know. She had a cane. She Mm -hmm. had lost maybe like 50 pounds. Oh, my God. Hair was almost gone um, because of the chemo and everything. So we got to go uh, to this. I, like, put on a suit and everything and and took her out to that. And uh, it was great because, you know, it was just like, I don't know. There's not too many opportunities you get to see someone declining that fast Mm. and, like, have the opportunity to make – um a you know any kind of an impact on them and yeah so within um maybe like a month or two after that um she was you know in the hospital kind of on on her last leg and mm. uh, Richard and I got to go in like the day before she died because we all kind of knew it was coming so we got to go in and you know say goodbye to her and like wow at that point she couldn't even really speak or um Even, even really kind of signed. She, she knew like uh, ASL, Mm -hmm. and so her daughter would interpret here and there. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, it was just crazy that this kind of random occurrence, like, I, I guess the takeaway for me why it was so impactful was the, um, the idea that there could be a lot of people in our path in life who, if you just take the time to extend some kindness or like notice what's going on in their life, it's so hard to do because we are all just kind of inherently busy. Yeah. Um, But that, that like the, the um, off chance that it would be someone who's like you (laughs) created her last good moment in her life, you know, and she was, she was an incredible person. Like she was always helping out homeless people around town she was just such a giver you know so that always stuck with me that like it was it, it really was a small gesture in the grand scheme of things I think everyone that pitched in gave like a hundred dollars but like you never know what kind of impact it will have on someone so that yeah. was a, that was pretty cool
0: it's it's those things that like yeah that's what those are the things that actually <coughs> matter in in life and because it, i mean i guess because it has to do with relationship but it yeah like you said you don't know what somebody's going through e- even if it's something simple you know yeah so man that's amazing too that you got to take her to that symphony thing yeah. too that's amazing
1: i got some i have some pictures maybe we can I throw it up on the podcast yeah. or on the instagram or facebook or whatever. yeah we
0: should for sure because yeah. that would be that would be awesome <coughs> i think that uh yeah, because I would like to... Th- I don't think I've ever seen a picture of her. I've, you know, you've told me about her. But I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people have a great impact on... Well, you can have on theirs or they have on you, but... Oh man. Um, okay, number three for me. Yeah. Kind of you thinking <laughs> of this... It's Sharing this story made me think of a special person. And I think that um, <coughs> she's special to you as well, but... Um, you know, our childhood has Grandma Jean. Yeah, yeah. Our childhood has it affects our lives too, big time. That's why so many of us are in therapy. Um, but you know, she took time out of her life. So Grandma Jean was everybody's grandma, and I was thinking about she did Bible Explorers when I was really so before y'all moved here. Um, I don't know if she was still doing it. I don't think she was still doing or if she did maybe a little bit but for yeah, years she was. um she did a little, little
1: context to you. grandma jean is uh aaron Swink's grandma he was in the band with cecilia and she i he
0: was our keyboardist yeah. yeah and so um i had known the Swinks since definitely before aaron's siblings were born aaron and i i think my parents must have met aaron and i are only like a year apart i think or so so they met when we were like babies, I think. I think I was three or two or something. So, known the Swing family for a long time. So, Grandma Jean's like just always been a part of my life that I can remember. Always knew who she was. And so, um, Greenleaf Lane, where we, of course, have all spent a lot of time, she um, ended up moving out there and uh, of course the swing slipped (laughs) next door and so she started the bible explorers and i was just when you were sharing that story i was thinking about people and how they impact your life and i was like that i mean that was we went every week um down to grandma jean's house she even bought us t-shirts i still have the t-shirt i will Hmm. always have the t-shirt um and it was a range of ages of kids i was probably the oldest i don't think there was anyone older than me that would go and um we went for a long time and she just she would teach us bible stories and and not i mean not just bible stories she had, she definitely had a flannel graph yeah <laughs> um but she also did like hands on and i would say like one of the most meaningful um she did two really meaningful days one was um where she had Aaron and Promise had to go get water out of the local pond (laughs) she was teaching us about the world and about the difference and so her one granddaughter was the only one allowed to get she got like pizza and salad and like all this you know store-bought food and then um or what's Aaron? And I can't remember. It doesn't matter who, but um, I think Aaron and Promise had to go get water out of the pond and like boil it, and they definitely drank it. And then I think made soup with it or something. Um, and they were freaking out, but she made sure they boiled it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a few people had to. I might have been no. I think I just had rice and beans. Um, and then some other kids had to dig. Like she had food in the trash, you know. And so she had a trash can that they had to dig through for their food. And it was like leftover sandwich stuff and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just random. And so that was like a really impactful lesson, you know, about being grateful. And like, it was interesting because exactly what I think she kind of had in mind happened. And like Anna felt who had all the food that, that we were used to eating, right. Everyday food um, felt awkward having to eat that in front of everybody who either had rice or, you know, pond water soup, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then the other um, one that really stood out to me was she was teaching us about the underground church, like, in China and different, different countries where they can't, um, couldn't, you know, meet freely, and so she had an entire setup, so, like, from the time we stepped through the door, like, she was, she went full, like, role play, like, she was like, shh, shh. Like, you know like the whole thing she's like sit down come in and she was like you know um and the way that she put played everything out she had curtains over the windows like where it was dark nobody could see we were there and then um she even had like hired some of the boys from down the road like teenage boys to come and like bang on the door like they were coming to see if we were um and there was like a whole plan she had set up you know it's going to be me and my granddaughter having story time if they come and so all of us that were there to have church or learn lessons from the Bible had to go and hide. And so Mm -hmm. we hid while uh, these people are coming through the house looking for us (coughs) to see if we were doing anything illegal. And that stuck with me for like the, the rest of my life. And I guess goes along with kind of the, the traveling thing too, but it's like just the realization that how I live my life or, you know, my experiences are not the only things that happen out there, you know, but, I think Grandma Jean's a pretty special lady and and she's had a big impact on my life and a lot of people's lives. And also, like, she, like, loves you, but she's very blunt, too. Like, so she just tells you what she thinks. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we need that, you know? Yeah. But she also, side note, which I have always, you know, kind of kept in the back of my mind um, when I would have marriage issues or whatever, you know, and, of course, you go to the lady that... Of course, she always seemed like, she probably wasn't even that old whenever she started Uh. Bible Explorers, (laughs) but I thought of her as a grandma, so I probably always thought that she was way older than she was, Um, but she, if I would have like, not marriage problems, but you know, you're like trying to figure relationship stuff out, communication, whatever. Anyway, she, she told me that you should always, if possible, have sex after an argument or a fight because it reminds you like kind of it can reconnect you to a person um and kind of remind you that you love them and like you know that there's a reason you're together and that kind of thing so it kind of just bring i guess it's the intimacy of it and it re- kind of brings you back together so i thought that was pretty damn
1: that's legit
0: i know i was like grandma jean you're <laughs> awesome <laughs> i'm like but she's right i mean it's it's true because it's like i have you know experienced that a few times and it's like you're like Oh, okay. I don't really hate this person. I'm just frustrated because we're not communicating well, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it was good wow. advice.
1: That's not something I would imagine coming out of her mouth,
0: but Nope. That's why I really took it to heart when she said it. Right. <laughs> she's told me other things too that I can't say on the podcast, but
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh,
1: she's wild.
0: She is. She she uh she's like keeping it real, but that's what I like about her. She, um, you know, I just thought of something. My sister, when Princess Diana died, I don't know why I was obsessed with Princess Diana. I don't know. But um, I really, you know, I guess liked her and admired her for whatever that is from across the pond. But um, we, when she passed away, we stayed up all night long at Grandma Jean's because Grandma Jean had cable. <laughs> and we, we, she had to pull out cash and we made beds and we literally, because the funeral happened like at, I think, maybe 3 or 4 a.m. our mm. time. Um we stayed up all night. We went over there and then stayed at her house till about maybe 6 in the morning, 6 or 7 and then, you know, walked home or mom came and got us. I can't remember, but That's awesome. It was just cool that like she wanted to do that. I remember thinking like you know, in your mind you think this this is an older person like they're going to stay up all night with me. Like my own parents wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know but she was all about that kind of stuff so yeah. i uh, always liked that and and i love that my kids got to know her too i, w- I wish they you know she's of course out in hawaii so I, I wish we got to see her more but you know i'm just glad yeah. that she got to know them and i took them over there a couple times a week probably maybe once a week or maybe more yeah you I mean old karen von gotten would drag those kids over there and we'd all go over and like like, Grandma Jean, teach us things. <laughs> While the kids are, like, running around, like, wreaking havoc.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is, she is truly amazing. I got to uh, spend a good amount of time visiting with her here and there every time I would go over to Kauai yeah. from Oahu. Um, the last uh, last year or so that I was living out there, I think I went over two or three times, and I would always go and see her and just, like, she was always just basically doing puzzles. I think she's probably done 15 million puzzles in to. the last decade. So many. Yeah. But um yeah, she was it's just like so encouraging and sweet, you know, like when someone just gives you a hug. I mean, it, it's kind of like something that old people do and mm-hmm. I think more so than younger yeah. folk, right? Oh, they yeah. just there's a good amount of like they don't care and like social cues and all that. It's not weird, so she'll just give you a hug and like stare at you right in the face. Oh for yeah, like five and minutes like grab and your
0: face and just look. Oh at Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. But
1: it yeah, kind of kind of breaks you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. She, um, what's interesting about her is, I think she basically grew up in like a dirt hut in the side of a mountain or something like.
0: I don't remember, but I know not not super. Yeah. Uh, Wealthy that I know of.
1: Crazy poor. Like, her dad basically literally just, like, dug out a hole in the side Mm -hmm. of a mountain. They had some boards over it or something, Mm -hmm. like, crazy. Um, So, somebody coming from those kind of beginnings, you know, it's like they, I don't know, they just have a different perspective or appreciation of simple things in life, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why she was such a good teacher for us. It's... Or, or and I see teacher I mean she's a teacher even just sitting down and having a conversation you learn something from her but yep. I think because she because she also had she kind of had that whole you know I've learned to be content with much and I've learned to be content with little you know um because she's had the, the life where she's had the nice things and you know <laughs> um with BK's work and stuff like that but she's like never lost sight of what's important. And she's like real quick to remind you if you start to lose sight of it, (laughs) she's like, (laughs) well, (laughs) but, but it's so the way she does it isn't like so gently and just, I mean, to a point, but you know, Hey, don't forget what's important.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that I need to spend more time with old people in general. I wish I could spend more time with her. Unfortunately, she's, many miles away now that i live in texas but I know. like there's there's uh just a rich i i mean th- i think there's a lot of old people who are still terrible when they're older <laughs> you know they never like learned yeah. their life lessons but there are i think there's probably um more who at least have a couple like really great things to mm-hmm. share and like you were talking about her kind of tip on marriage yeah.
0: The gold. There's like this like gold. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's something, something that you get from someone who's lived that long, you know, and mm-hmm. especially someone like her. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. important to kind of stay connected to that history, you know.
0: It is. And I think you're right. There's something about, you know, we young people, we are progressive or we like to think we are and we're trying to like further things and build wealth and all these things, which are great. Um, and keep which is why life keep you know keeps progressing you know right but then we need to just not forget like <laughs> there's a lot of people out there with a lot more knowledge than we have and um, taking you know sitting like you said I love that idea of like with the, the Honolulu club like just going and sitting down and talking with people you know for an hour in the morning or something like yeah I don't know there's a lot to be I just like I want to learn something new every day And there's a lot to be learned from older people for sure. Yep. Faux show.
1: So wives, (laughs) remember, if you get into an argument with your husband.
0: (laughs) Go put that negligee on.
1: Smack that (laughs) before you go to bed.
0: (laughs) Do it.
1: (laughs) Please, for all the men out there.
0: (laughs) And some women. Okay, so here we are. First episode of. 20, season two, season season two,
1: twenty twenty one. Yeah, it probably won't be out. Yeah, we're technically recording it in twenty twenty,
0: but it's only also a known day as away, right?
1: One of the worst years in remembered history.
0: Yep, it will be one of those, um, and people will be like, "Do you remember we had to wear masks?" And was it that bad though? <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. It's
1: kind of a cliche, like maybe a little bit of a cop out. I didn't have a bad year. It was weird.
0: Yeah, I had a weird year, that's for sure. And I think financially I've struggled more than I have in a while, but it's not like I'm. Right.
1: Yeah, that was a big one for you because you got. I
0: got laid off due to the the code. And it was like my first like big job right after college. Yeah. (laughs) I was so excited about. But that's okay because um, I'm on to bigger and better things and. And, man, I just keep, you know, and it's funny, you know, out of the mouths of babes, like, Joel keeps telling me, Mom, <laughs> I love that my child tells me this. She's like, Mom, this is all happening for a reason. And she'll be like, because God has, like, I like, this is my daughter telling me, that, you know, God has plans. And you are going to have, you're going to be in such a place of, um, how does she say it? Basically, like, you're going to be so well uh-huh. off that she's, she's like, I think you have to, like, God doesn't ever want you to forget what it's like to be at the bottom. And so he's letting you kind of sit there for a while. <laughs> and I love it that my daughter can tell me that, you know? And so I think it, I do, I agree with her. I think it's like a, a, a lesson and, and a reminder so that I never forget to give and to, um, you know, look out for the, quote, little people or... Um, those that are less fortunate, you know. So, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm gonna take from it.
1: Good. So it's a good thing to take. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll be back.
2: We're
0: very excited we about 2021. We will. I'm Cecilia Rhodes.
1: I'm Joe Hameter. It's been another episode of Tricky, Tricky Situations.
0: situations.